Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone and you can let some. Alrighty, welcome back to Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. We are coming at you with our 20th episode, and it is official. We have one more football game left. Not counting the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't count. We have one more football game left. In twenty in the 2018-2019 football season, um, we had the NFC and AFC championship games this weekend. Uh, our gambling records from those, Travis and I both went two and two over the weekend, uh, bringing our records to six and seven for myself and six six and one for Travis in 2019. Mm-hmm. Combined, we are 12 13 and one. We missed on the Saints because they lost. I believe both of our prop bets missed in the Saints game. Travis had Michael Thomas receptions over seven and a half. Yep. Yeah, that didn't hit. And then I had Saints total over at 30 and a half. So we missed – we're 0-2 going into the night game between the Chiefs and the Pats. And, boy, that was a doozy. We'll talk about both those games here in a second. Um, <clears throat> but in the Saints and – I mean, in the Pats and Chiefs, we both had Patriots plus three. Obviously, the Pats won. So we, we that bet hit for both of us. I had Pat's total touchdowns over at two and a half. I think they scored almost five, I think. It was something crazy like that. What? Enough. Yeah, they scored over two and a half. (laughs) They scored over two and a half. And Travis, your Julian Edelman receptions was six and a half? Yeah, and he had seven. It was close. Ooh, a close one, close one. I saw him. I think he actually caught a couple passes in in overtime, too. I think, yeah, he caught two. So it was nice. It sucks because I actually didn't didn't lock it in until it was seven. So I pushed, but whatever I got it on the, uh, if you got it in on whatever Thursday, Wednesday on my, but either way. Yeah. We we're going to do a big extensive. So obviously guys this week, we're not doing any degenerates digest because there's no football games. Um, we can't really talk about the basketball lines or the basketball games that are be coming out by the time this podcast comes out because It'll be worthless. They only release basketball lines a couple days out in advance. So we're not going to talk about any gambling this weekend, but for next week, we're going to have a full Super Bowl show for you. We'll talk about the game, what we think is going to happen, who the big players are going to be, and also run through a plethora of, of prop bets, talk about the lines, talk about the over-under, stuff like that. Uh, kind of going off that with no, with no Degenerous Digest this week, we're just going to roll into some discussion, kind of a first and ten thing, um, but I'm not going to play the clip. We're going to talk about – the AFC and NFC championship games, and also, you know, just the NFL in general. Um, but let's start with that first game, the NFC championship game between the Saints and the Rams. And I think everyone will, and their mother will talk about the same exact thing that we're going to talk about. It's that blown no pass interference call late in the fourth quarter on Nikel Roby Coleman when he just blatantly laid out Tommy Lee Lewis 
and the Saints had to settle for a field goal. I mean, dude. There's literally no explanation for it other than, I don't know. I mean, you got how many rest on the field? Six, seven, none of them. They're, they're all staring at that at that point in time because the ball's just floating up in the air. And the fact that none of them can call that, none of them think that it's pass interference. I've never seen a guy get tackled when the ball's in the air and, and yeah. not be called. Well, even that, even like Nicole Roby Coleman came out and said, like, I wasn't even trying to make a play on the ball. You know, I thought I got beat and I was literally just trying to prevent him from scoring a touchdown. So he straight up admitted that. Which is ridiculous because if he would have looked at the ball, he would have been in the end zone the other way. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a pick six. I mean, <laughs> I just think the guy saw a defenseless player went after it. I'm going to call him out on that. That was a dirty hit. Um, he should have been. Oh, yeah. Should be thrown out of the game. Should be suspended for the Super Bowl, if you ask me. Um, and I, I know everyone's like, you're salty. But, I mean, that, was, that, that, that play doesn't belong in football. They literally created the defenseless receiver rule. Yeah, if you're going to. Instances like that. If you're going to preach about player safety and make all these, I guess, I don't know, like, differences this year and then you're not going to call that call i mean you're what are you what are you preaching it's ludicrous um i know a bunch of stuff came out today um about the the people in new orleans like filing lawsuits against the nfl like season ticket holders i mean nothing's going to come of it you know they're not going to change it's, it's the rams in the past in the, in the super bowl it just sucks because in everyone i see all these fucking rams fans bitching on twitter you know they miss face masks here and there and I get I mean, that. I, I understand. There's blown calls on both sides of the game, but when it comes down to crunch time, the final two minutes of the game, and you're not going to call something that blatant and obvious, it's totally different. I mean, I, yeah, I, they. I see the screenshot of Jared Goff getting face masked, which you have to pause, zoom in, and see the fingertips grazing his face mask. Like, yeah, never mentioned about that guy. Running in and like after he's tackled and jumping up and down and his butt landing on the dude's back. Oh my! I'm God. Like, come on, dude. Like, I get that. Like, that's I. I guess you'd call a flag for that, but the the no call on the pi to me is is ludicrous. And I was listening to some to some different podcasts today while I was working, and something has to be done. Like, you have to have either whether you want to make calls at certain times in the game challengeable. So what I was thinking, what I had in my mind is that some penalties can be challengeable, like targeting, so helmet to helmet, face mask, unnecessary roughness, and unsportsmanlike conduct. If you think that's a penalty that could have been called, you get one challenge flag for a penalty during a game. What about pass interference or roughing the pass? No, I mean, pass interference is just so – so I feel like I feel like that play should have been called for pass interference rather than. But it also could have been unnecessary roughness, targeting, whatever you name it. Yeah. What about roughing the passer though? Because there is a there was we're we're kind of jumping games here, but there was an instance in the AFC game where Tom Brady gets barely fucking touched on the shoulder, and they called roughing the passer, and it would, it would have been third down for the Pats, but they got a first down, new set of downs, and you give Tom Brady and that team a, a, a first down like that. Yeah, he was very close to his face mask, which the back judge calls it. And so from his angle, it looked like he hit his face mask. Um, so I can well, see why he called it. It sucks. But, I mean, at the same time, I 
also want to change the topic a little bit to a different penalty and offensive pass interference and pick plays and how that was such a huge deal years ago for like a couple of years. I remember they would call that every time on the goal line. And the same thing in, when the Chiefs were driving downfield in the Sammy Watkins big game was a pick play. And even the announcer said it should have been called. So there's calls every which way that can be called. But yeah, it doesn't matter. You're a multi-billion dollar industry. And you, there's, there's no, there's no reason that you you shouldn't be getting these calls correct. I I've, I've heard I heard something really good today from Mike Florio at uh, at Pro Football Focus uh, or Pro Football Talk. My bad. Um, he said that he believes every single game should have a guy up in the booth watching replays immediately after they happen when they when they call flags. And confer with the refs, like, hey, what are you going to call? Oh, you're, you're going to call pass interference? Or you didn't call a pick play here? You need to call that. Or you, uh, you're you going to call roughing the passer? Well, I just looked at, I looked at the replay. He didn't he didn't touch him in the head. He touched him on the shoulder. Move along. Pick up the flag. Because refs pick up the flag all the time. So, But it's got to be something that, that's quick. You can't stop and take as long as they do for a challenge that's, you know, obvious. That's what I'm saying. Like, in, instantaneous, you're in the refs here. Hey, what are you calling? Oh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call a roughing the passer. Don't do it. It wasn't a roughing the passer. Pick up the flag, announce it, move on. Like, and that's the thing is still though. Even like, even when there's not a guy up in the booth after they throw a flag, they all get together and they huddle around like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, and and that's exactly what Mike Florio said. It was like this would get rid of that quote unquote conference that they always have to have. Like, Jeez, a guy yeah, up in the booth say, "Hey, what'd you see?" Like for the ref that threw the, that, that that threw the flag, I saw this. Well, it wasn't that, or it was that. Go ahead and call it. It wasn't that. Pick it up, explain it, move on. Yeah. Also, um, I saw this. I was, like, very curious, so I looked it up. Something a lot of people might not know. Did you know the average age of an NFL referee is 51 years old? Ludicrous. These old 51 years old. Yeah. That's And they get paid roughly if they, you know, ref a decent amount amount of games this season they get two hundred and five thousand dollars a year well you get you get old men yeah you get bonuses for roughing for roughing these big big time playoff games like these are supposed to be the best of the best like this is the best officiating crew you can put together is these fucking dill wads you can't call pis these old fat fuckers who can't run up and down the field it's ridiculous there shouldn't be a referee over 45 years old that's what i i literally said that yesterday I was, t- I was at, out at dinner, and I said, 45 years old should be the threshold, I, even yeah. 40. That's pushing it because, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get and talk about it, there's some studies done. Your eyesight starts deteriorating at age 40. Yep. So, I mean, shit, all, most of the referees should be in their 30s, and it's ridiculous that they're not. I agree. Make them, make them, and they're like, well, they're, we're not, they're not salaried employees. Like you said, most of them are retired and doing it as a side duty. They make hundreds of thousand dollars. Make them a fucking salaried employee then. Like, you're going to make this much per year. You're going to get benefits, and you're going to be a referee. Your only job is to constantly study the, study the rule book and know all the rules and get fucking calls right and quit shitting all over the goddamn game. The, me off. the minimum they make a game is $4,000. Ridiculous. If you Ridiculous. ref every, every game of the season, there should be – you're almost making a hundred thousand dollars a year. What's working interesting? One, working one day. Yeah, uh, crazy. Well, you work sixteen weeks done. a year, seventeen weeks a year, whatever. But still, I mean, like, like one day of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's for ridiculous. three hours. It's crazy. But me. I mean, obviously, 
you know, for all the, the blown and non-calls that happened this week, that did or didn't happen this weekend, um, the games were awesome. I th- feel like up until this point in the playoffs, the games have been kind of dog shit, if we're being honest. They really weren't good, though, till like late third, fourth quarter. Yeah. So but, that Patriots-Chiefs game was 14 nothing to halftime. Yeah. The Saints game was, what, 13 to 3 16-3 at halftime? Yeah. Boring. But, but they did come down to the wire, and they were fun to watch. Now, what First about time, I think, go what ahead. about NFL overtime? Like NFL overtime, not just in the playoffs, but NFL overtime in general. I'm seeing so many people just now bitching about this, which I would imagine is Chiefs fans. I think, I think I think the NFL overtime has been a problem for a while. I think it ha- it's there needs to be consistency going from college to NFL, but. At the same time, it's been that way forever. The Rams won overtime, and they didn't get the ball first. That's what you get for having a terrible defense. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It sucks. I definitely I get it. I get it. I, I understand that. You're like, you, oh, the defense is supposed to stop them, but the way the rules are designed in, in today's game, the defense is at such a dis, is at such a disadvantage. I feel like the rules are set up to be an offensive an offensive driven league, and yeah. if you get the ball first in overtime in a game like that, where Literally, I've, if the Chiefs would have won the coin flip, I think I I have full faith the Chiefs would have drove down the field, scored a touchdown, and won because the Patriots' defense hadn't stopped them the entire fucking fourth quarter. So, I think it needs to be changed. I'm not saying necessarily go to college rules. Um, one idea that my fiance actually brought up, which I thought was a good idea, shout out Carly, is she said they should play a full period, so the full ten minute period that they they play in overtime, or fifteen. It's ten. In, it's ten in the regular season, though. But yeah, fifteen in the playoffs. Whatever it is, decide if if you want it ten or fifteen, and play the full period. Because she said, if you can get that ball in that ten minute period or whatever it is, and keep the ball for the entire ten minutes, like the Saints can, and just drive all the way down the yeah, field. Yeah, I mean, that, but then you can then people will come back and make that argument, like, oh, you changed the rule, and now these people are just eating the clock all day. Was harder anyway. Also, if it's tied at the end of that. At the end of that period, do some sort of sudden death type deal. Yeah, the kickoff. That's what, that's, what, that's legit what Pat McAfee said. He said, I mean, honestly, a kickoff gets like kickers out there that may not have had a chance all game to prove themselves. I mean, it's like a shootout in hockey. I don't see the rules changing too much or very drastically. Honestly, I'm, I'm or another, another idea I heard today is that the, you, you play the period, you play the entire quarter, whatever it is, and if they're still tied, you do like so – so let's say at the end of the Chiefs-Patriots game, they're still tied at the end of the, at the, end of the first overtime. You, at one end of the field, you line up the Chiefs defense and the Pats offense. On the other end of the field, you line up the, the Pats defense and the Chiefs offense. And you line up from where a two-point conversion would be, and you have one team go first, and if they get it, cool. The other team has to get it and match. If not, then they win, and you keep doing that till someone gives. That way, it's more of a it's more of a team effort. You played the full period; you don't have to play another period because these guys are probably worn the fuck out. But I thought I thought that was a pretty cool idea that I that I heard today. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, it's not bad. I would say maybe farther away, like the five or the ten. Yeah. Two, there's so many pass interference calls that always get called. Like if you go back and look, now we're digging way deep, but that the Chiefs Chargers game that happened in the regular season where that it extended for like two plays because of the the flags. Yeah. We got that that two yard pass or whatever it was. But um either way, I don't think that the rules will be changed, but I think they, they should though. Could. I think they should. They probably should. People are going to find a way to complain whenever their team loses, so it doesn't really matter. Or, but I mean, even if even if they don't even if they just change it to where, yeah, if you do score a touchdown first, that's fine. But you at least give the other team they have to match it. Like they can't go drive down and kick a field goal. They have to get the ball back and score a touchdown. Like I think the whole scoring first thing because like why do, I, I and then you, but you, but if you, but if you kick a fucking field goal the other team gets the ball that gets a chance to out I, it's stupid to me i mean I, yeah just don't let them score a touchdown though like but it's so hard it's so hard. Score a touchdown it's so hard Neither, both those defenses suck ass sucked ass you're you're not going to sit here and tell me that if the chiefs got the ball the patriots were going to stop them it's just i'm not defending the chiefs by any means i can see them stopping them from a touchdown they're probably going to score no matter what yeah I'm not saying that it's justified to, you know, everyone's bitching about the overtime rules. I'm saying the overtime rules in the NFL have been broken for a long time. They were broken when they fixed the rule. They fixed it to where, or they changed it to where if you score a touchdown. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. It used to just be a score, right? Yeah, just a score. Field goal, touchdown, anything. Then they changed the touchdown. It's been broken well before this. It's needed to be fixed since I've been watching in the NFL. So, I would not be surprised if we do see some changes come in the near future to overtime let's, rules. Let's get some officiating rules right before we start. Oh, <laughs> a thousand percent. A thousand. They need to make the two biggest changes that I need to make in the rules this offseason is either making the certain penalties challengeable or having that person up in the booth that I was talking about, but that's going to cost too much money. You know, fucking Roger Goodell's goddamn cheap ass ain't going to do that because he wants yeah. to every, every cent possible. Or, and then also. <laughs> Look at the overtime rules. Also, changing the overtime rules would get would hopefully eliminate ties a little bit. Um, whether it's the sudden death thing or whatever, I don't fucking know. But um, either way, both games this weekend were phenomenal. Um, just a lot of questionable things that you hate to see on the biggest stage because that Chiefs-Pats game got 54 million viewers. That's more than any World Series game last year or NBA Finals game. Yeah. So I'm surprised after that after that Rams Saints game. I didn't even really care to watch the Chiefs game. I knew the Chiefs Pats game was going to be better than the Rams Saints game all along. But I mean, they both went to overtime. I wish uh, that game would have been first. Um, I um, wish. And again, I, I, I guys, I know you probably get sick of me talking about Pat McAfee, but I listen to his podcast literally twice a week. He thinks he goes. I wish they would have one of them prime time on Saturday, one of them prime time on Sunday. Yeah, I hate how they're back to back. Like, yeah. He goes, because I'm just sitting around. I'm used to Saturday football for like the last two weeks. Now I'm sitting around with my thumb in my ass with nothing to do. Yeah. 
I agree. But going off of that, the Super Bowl matchup next weekend is not good for any St. Louis football fan. Possibly the worst outcome besides – yeah, possibly the worst outcome. I no, mean, the, worst, the, the worst outcome, yeah. The worst. Chiefs-Rams was the next worst. So, either way, it would have been shitty. But I have to be cheering for the Patriots, though. Um, Guys, uh, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to be watching too much, if I'm being honest with you. I've watched Super Bowl ever since I can remember, and I just – I literally have zero desire to watch this game. Three years removed from St. Louis – after not having a winning record since 2003, they're able to flip a team into a Super Bowl contenders in three years. I want to know. I want to look up and see how many of their offensive and defensive starters were drafted by the Rams. I mean, it just shows you how much that they didn't try here, how much effort they did not put in. So fuck both these teams, but I can't let the. Uh, I'd rather see the Patriots. I'm like I'm almost to the point now where I'm numb to the Patriots winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how I was. I know. Yeah, I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm not supposed to cheer for him, but I'm numb to it. Like, woo, like honestly, if I and this is gonna, I, people may not agree with me. If I was a Boston fan, I mean, it would get kind of old. They just won the World Series. How soon. is that as exciting anymore? Yeah, like it's it would suck. I don't know. I mean, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, you would like to see your win, your team win the championship every year?" Of course, I would. But after a while, it would lose its 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 luster. You know, it take it really takes away from it. Yeah, so. It really does. But the Pats are, I mean, every, but every year, I've told you guys, I mean, every year everyone's like, you know, this is the Pats year. This is the, we even probably said, I could probably go pull a clip where we talk. Oh, I mean, I'm sure uh, we both said that the Pats are, are fading. But when they, when they make the playoffs and they get a first round bye, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the playoffs, and that's what yeah. they do best. And, like, even they were fading away from Gronk all year, Gronk in the playoffs now has been – pretty damn good in clutch time. I think if they win, I think Brady's come back regardless, honestly. I think Gronk might retire. I think Gronk might retire if they win, yeah. Me too. Um, and then everyone's fading along it this past year. I have been hearing a big rumor that the Chiefs are going to give Patrick Mahomes this like, big, fat $200 million contract. I heard a big thing, and it's very interesting, because if you give Pat Mahomes that big contract, you can't afford Travis Kelsey, you can't afford Tyree Kill. Nope. Everyone's saying Travis Kelsey's going to go to fucking New England. That'd be stupid. Well, I mean, that'd be dumb because Tom Brady's only gonna be only gonna be there for two to three years max. I think next year's is the last year. But that's what I'm saying. Two to three max. If I'm Brady and I and I'm 41 years old and the, and I just won my sixth Super Bowl, I might I would honestly consider retiring. Honestly. Yeah, but then you're like, okay, well I'm 41 and I just won. Why can't I win when I'm 42? True. True. <laughs> so. We'll see. It sucks to see, but I have to have to be rooting for the Patriots here because can't let the con man win. Nope. So one last thing we want to talk about before we move on to the trending topic segment is obviously this weekend's the Pro Bowl, and I feel like the Pro Bowl has been irrelevant for years now. Like, I mean, I honestly cannot tell you the last time I've sat down and even watched a snap of a, a oh. of the Pro Bowl game. I don't know if I've watched more than a quarter of any Pro Bowl game. And really, it kind of goes along with any Pro Bowl, All-Star game. I don't watch any of them. I really couldn't tell you the last time I watched either an All-Star or a Pro Bowl game. Yeah, I mean, they don't mean a damn thing. They They're don't mean anything. I, I don't watch – no, I don't watch any of them. I watch more of the skills contests, which – Yeah, see that – yeah. One of, the, one of the things I wrote down for this is I wanted to know 
like what they could do to like fix because like obviously we have this week lull before the Super Bowl. Um, and oh, I have a good idea. What's up? Should, what What should the NFL do the week between the championship game, conference championship games, and the Super Bowl to kind of reengage your audience? So I saw a tweet. This this wasn't like regarding to the week before the Super Bowl or anything. It was like you should have the worst two teams in the NFL play each other. The winning team gets the first pick in the draft. I've seen that before in the past. The winning team. So that would be awesome the week before the Super Bowl. That would make so – like all those betting fucking degenerates come out because you know each team is going to be trying. The winning team gets the first pick in the draft. That would be awesome. That'd be cool. I just don't know if they'd ever do it because it's, it's – No, I mean they would never very, do it. It's just something that would be cool. Very gimmicky. So this year it would be the Cardinals and – who else? Who, who has the second pick off the top of your head? Do you know? We'll start doing our NFL draft research after the season's over, guys. But uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals. So you put the 49ers and the Cardinals up against each other the week before the Super Bowl. I mean, this year the 49ers win and they get the first pick. It'd be cool. And that's this year you're talking about the difference between getting Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. I mean, either of those guys are going to be great. Yeah. So, I mean, it would just be cool, something different to see. Let's be honest, nothing's ever going to happen. They're never going to get rid of the Pro Bowl. No, it's stupid. I'm trying, to find, I'm, trying to find, I'm trying to find stats on, like, how many people have been – I was, like, reading the ticker today on, on NFL Network, seeing, like, like people who, who just lost. Like, Travis Kelsey's not going to go – uh, people like, because why? Why would you go? First of all, none of the Saints are going. Yeah, first no. Alvin Kamara just got named as a replacement for Todd Gurley, but no. still, like either way, it's it's just dumb because there's some guys from the Cowboys who aren't going, some guys from the Eagles that aren't going just because they don't want to get hurt. It's a pointless ass game. I feel like there was way less replacements when the game was in Hawaii because everyone's like, "Fuck yeah, I get a free trip to Hawaii." Like now it's in Orlando. Who gives a shit? And it's like that that's, that gets put on your record like you were a pro bowler. So now – and even all the people that decline still get labeled as pro bowlers yep. and all the replacements get labeled as pro bowlers. So that's why fun. now when everyone throws like pro, like pro bowler stats in everyone's faces, I'm like, la da I'd rather know like how many times you were an all-pro, like voted by, by, the, by the Associated Press as an all-pro, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, the skills competition is cool. I kind of I liked that last year. I'd like to see him do a little bit more with it because it was just kind of meh. Very but gimmicky. It's very gimmicky. It would I I liked it. The whole dodgeball thing was cool. Uh, my boy Jarvis Landry clinched that win for the AFC last year. That was two years ago. Was that two years ago? Yeah. Either way, it was cool. Something that you know that if that, you, that that drone drop that dude is really cool too. Where they yeah, if you're bored, drum, yeah. something cool to watch. I mean. I'm honestly more interested than that, and I, I didn't even. Is there gambling on that? You think? I don't, I don't know. know. It is it's something that we were going to talk about on the sporting events to watch this weekend, which we'll talk about. But it is Thursday. This Thursday at 8 p.m. Central on ESPN. Is it? I don't. I don't know if it's live. I think it might be pre pre recorded. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I remember when they showed it. It was daylight. I think they do it that day, and then they show it that night. Yeah, which is again, it's kind of stupid, but. You know, really, I, I don't know what they can do because, I mean, I, I understand giving the, the, to the teams that made it to the Super Bowl a two-week rest to make sure everyone's healthy because you want the biggest and best players playing in that game. Um, 
and we'll obviously do a big, big recap of the Super Bowl next week on next next week's episode. It's going to be completely about that. But we just wanted to chat real quick and we went on a little bit longer than what we thought was going to be um, about the AFC and NFC, NFC Championship games and some changes the NFL can kind of make going forward. But with that being said, we're going to roll into our training topic segment. So here we go. All righty, our trending topic segment. We got a couple things we want to talk about this week. Um, the first one, obviously, <laughs> there's no real football going on this weekend. Um, so we're going to start to look past football um, and think about what, what we're going to watch, what we're going to talk about. So I just want to ask, we both have an opinion on this. Travis, what do you think is the sporting events you'll be watching this weekend, a big game or something that our viewers can watch to kind of, you know, suppress their their football appetite and you know get their real big degenerate gambling needs on um i mean really the only the only thing that i can think of is college basketball i mean a lot of people aren't into nhl takes a certain soul to watch that and nba this type of this kind of gear or nba is not important until april exactly so i will probably be watching mizzou play lsu on Saturday, which is on and the SEC Will Network. we, though? We'll be at a – Maybe. They might be on. We'll see. We're, uh, me and Jared are doing some drinking on Saturday that might not be around TVs. So, that game is on for any Mizzou fan out there. If you're look, looking to bet on that, Mizzou just kicked Texas A&M's ass coming off a big win. But the game that I can see being popular is at 5 o'clock, also on Saturday on ESPN. Same so one. SEC Big 12 Challenge. Kansas and Kentucky play each other. So that'll be a good one. Two teams that are kind of struggling to find, like, dominance this year. Yeah, I'd be uh, lying to you guys if I told you I watched a lot of college basketball this year because I've watched slim to none. Um, I'm finding my weeknights being very, very busy and my weekends spent watching football. So, But I plan to pick it back up once, once football is over with and I have a little bit more downtime. But I saw that, and I think, you know, anytime you see two big blue buds like that, you know, KU and Kentucky playing in a big game, especially in January, because normally this time of the year is reserved for just conference play. Uh, but it's the Big 12 SEC Challenge, like you said, on ESPN at 5 o'clock. Be interested, to, and there's no line for that out right, right now yet, is there? No, I can't see it being more than three each way. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, J- the Jayhawks are 1-3 and three, uh, away from Fog Allen, and Kentucky is 11-0 at home. So I will tell you this, Keep that though. in mind. Keep that in mind. I would, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on Kentucky in this game. Mm-hmm. Reason being, Kansas has lost three games this year. Two of them, I have bet on them. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Bet against Kansas? I bet on Kansas, two of their three losses. So they can go fucking fuck off more than they could before. (laughs) So I am definitely rooting for Kentucky to win anytime Kansas plays anyone, even though I hate Kentucky also. For sure. Also, you got Golden State and Boston this weekend at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Whoop-dee-doo. Yeah, but like Travis said, like we said, the NBA doesn't matter until April. We'll probably revisit our NBA take sometime in February or March. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, that's kind of the, the – I think that that's going to be the biggest game everyone's going to be talking about. Maybe maybe we'll tweet out a little bit of uh, college basketball lines we like later later this – you know, Thursday or Friday once the lines are out just so you guys can keep up, keep up with us and we have – a gambling record for you guys to follow. And we can now post it on our Instagram as well. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll plug the Instagram at the end of the show. We do, do, do have an Instagram now that we plan on doing a lot more things with. We'll talk about that on the outro. Next trending topic. So, one, I just want to talk about how genius Dana White and the UFC are partnering with, partnering with ESPN. Did you see Saturday's fight night was the most watched UFC non-pay-per-view event since 2013 non-pay-per-view i mean they they used to have fights on they used to have fights on fox sports i guess but it was the biggest ufc non-pay-per-view event in since 2013 and they had 500,000 546,000 i think it was the exact number of new espn plus subscribers to watch that fight so yeah because i mean even if I know a lot of people did probably watch it with their free trial that you get on ESPN Plus, but even if you just like, watch the fight, you already used it. I mean, it's only five dollars a month. You can just buy it, cancel it after the end of the month, and then. Yeah, and normally those cards, yeah, and normally those cards cost sixty five dollars. Yeah. So if it's a fight you really want to watch, which Saturday night was great, you had Champ versus Champ, TJ Dillashaw and Henry Suhedo. Um, and you know, if you didn't have, if you already used your free trial, like Travis said. Yeah, I'll pay five bucks to watch those guys fight and sit at home and you know, you know, watch those dudes throw throw hands. Um, I would have for those been, of you that didn't watch it, I would have been very disappointed had I paid sixty five dollars for that fight. However, I don't, I wouldn't have paid, and I think that's why they put it on that card. Every other fight was kind of meh, like as far as like star power, but they threw that one card on there to get like the big hype for their first ESPN Plus yeah. card. Um, for those of you that didn't watch it, there was I think two big moments in the in, in the card um the first one being greg hardy's ufc debut he had been on dana dana white's contender series on tuesday nights it went three and oh none of his fights had made it past the first minute he had knocked all of his opponents out you know within the first minute but he got a challenger who has actually been in the ufc for a while i can't remember his name alan crowder alan crowder he had been around for a while he had he had, he had been fighting um and he, you know, everyone thought that Greg Hardy would come out here and, you know, knock him out in the first minute. He didn't. Uh, so what do you think of his MMA debut? It was very lousy. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who, one, has not seen the, like, I guess, good competition that is in the UFC. He just saw Dana White's little whatever you want to call it. It's good competition, don't get me wrong, but it's not near as what the UFC is. This Alan Crowder guy was nine and three heading into it. 
So, I mean, he wasn't bad. Um, and he'd also never made it past the first round. He had never been taken down to the ground. And you think as a football player that you have the stamina as a wrestler, UFC fighter, and you are absolutely wrong. He yeah. was gassed. He was winded. He got taken down, and you could just see the fear in his eyes after the end of that first round. Well, I, was, I mean, both of us wrestled. You wrestled more than I did when we were kids. But the type of stamina that it takes in a wrestling match versus any other sporting event is 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 way more intense. Maybe swimming is the only, only other thing that can hold that can hold weight. But you are you expend your, all your body energy. Your like, balls of the wall for five straight minutes. Yeah. Any football player, any other athlete out there who thinks, oh, I can hop in there and do that, more power to you, buddy, because you can't. I promise you. I mean, just think about the the amount of time you spend as a defensive lineman on a drive. I mean, what, 10, 5, 6 seconds each play? You're going full at it. Now, take that and compare that to five minutes, and you're wrestling with a guy the same size as you, um, probably stronger. Yeah. And it's just – he was he was gassed, and you could tell that he was very inexperienced. I see him coming, making a comeback after that illegal knee to the head that he did, but it's going to take him a little bit. People were calling him out on that man and like saying that he did it on purpose. I really don't think he did. I I don't think he did it on purpose. It's probably just a, a lack of knowledge of the rules. Yep. Um, this, this fourth technical UFC fight, if you if you call it professional fight. I mean. Yeah first ufc fight so i mean he probably didn't know he is a he is a dirty guy all around but i don't think he did it on purpose and he really didn't even connect with the guy's head that bad so. yeah the dude milked it for sure oh, he sold it same, for sure i would have done the same thing like oh if i lay here on the canvas and say i can't continue because it was an illegal shot then i'll win so yeah i'll, yeah. I'll take the, i'll take the win um but so kind of, kind that of, fight, you kind of you kind of answered the question around about way like does he have a future in the ufc Yes, he does. I don't know how good it'll be, and it may be six to ten months before he gets another fight on a main card. Oh, I don't think he'll be on a main card for until for four more fights at least. He'll be yeah. he'll be on the he'll never be a co-main event unless he's probably fighting for a belt like that. He, he was the second to last fight. He was the co-main event. He will be on undercards on like the. Free it was a good cards. fight though. The yeah. fight was fun to watch. It was. Like, he went at it. You he, see. Like, yeah. They went at it. The white guy was calling him out. Like, you know, and he fucked up as soon as that white – as soon as that Alan Crowder, like, started standing in his face and, like, calling him out. I'm like, dude, you are fucking up. Because you could just see the raid building up in Greg Hardy. And he unleashed it and knocked the guy to the ground and then just did that, that illegal knee. But his coaches will, will correct that. I don't think he'll be on a main card for a while, like you said. He'll be on a lot of undercards, which – I'm I'm pumped for that because the undercards are free. Those are going to be on ESPN now for every single, yeah. um, you know, pay per view fight. The undercards are going to be on, on ESPN for free. So if you're telling me Greg Hardy's going to fight for free on ESPN, fuck yeah, I'm going to tune in and watch if I'm not if I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. So that was the co-main event. We'll see what he has in his near future. But the other one. Bantamweight title holder DJ Dillashaw dropped 10 pounds to fight the flyweight title holder. He dropped 10 pounds. He dropped 29 total. 29 total, 10 pounds in his weight of weight class to fight the flyweight title holder 
at 125, Henry Cejudo, however you want to say his ass name, um, and was ruled KO'd after just 32 seconds. I don't even think it's very much of a debate whether or not he was robbed. Not saying he would have won. The fight was stopped early, and he was kind of it robbed. Was, and I know TJ. I know TJ was pissed because he said he claimed he was starting to defend himself. He was fully cohesive, though. Is my he problem. was, he was, he was. I get that. And I and I also agree with Dana White saying, you know, this is a champ versus champ fight. You got to let it go a little bit longer than that. And this is the problem with the UFC. For those of you who don't know, because Travis, I had to explain it to him a little bit. But there's not; they don't have a governing body that goes across the entire the entire country. Literally, MMA, mixed martial arts, is illegal in certain states to like have it. Uh, have a professional MMA event. So it's only legal in certain parts of the country. You know, New York just uh, just made it legal right before UFC 205 back in 2016. So it's only been legal there for a couple of years. Um, so that way, th- because of that, the UFC doesn't have a governing body that they can have control over everything that happens, refs, rules, shit like that, across the entire country. It's literally yeah. state by state. It's the state's I, athletic commission that yeah. hires these refs and officials yes. to. That's why you didn't see Herb Dean or the or the cr- long curled mustache guy because those <laughs> guys are only commissioned to ref in Nevada and California. This was in New York, so they had a brand new set of officials. Even if you look at it, if you look closely, the officials in New York have a different like uniform than the ones that do they do in Nevada and California. That is the reason why they weren't trained properly. It's just very inconsistent through and through. Maybe, I mean, I get you want to, you know, expand your market and go to these other places, but I've seen people that aren't title fights just take poundings and it takes 15 seconds for their rep to come in and stop them. And they're clearly out of it. So it's just very inconsistent. Something they need to clear up just like the NFL does. Every, everything has its issues, but it's, it was a bad look for the UFC. It was, it was, and I think there will be a rematch um, if they do it at 135. But that's another thing. I think the UFC's got to start watching for for fighter safety. TJ Dillashaw had no business fighting at 125. No, he looked bad in the pre-fight. I know he gained his weight back, but it's just I'm tired. I, it's kind of getting annoying of the all these, you know. UFC fights jumping around weight classes like it's nobody's business and trying to have, you know, dual belts and own two belts at one time. It just gets annoying. Well, because right now, yeah. I mean, Connor kind of started this whole thing, and so you can probably blame it on him. But Connor deserved it. You know, Connor, you know, fought at 145, you know, ran through everyone in the 145 division, so he jumped up to to 155, got that belt, and – Eventually relinquish it, but he's probably going to stay there. TJ Dillashaw probably should be fighting at 145, we're being honest. Yeah. He probably shouldn't even fight at 135. I would love to see TJ Dillashaw gain 10 pounds and go up and fight that fucking punk Max Holloway for his belt because I don't think Max Holloway is a deserving champion at all. Connor picked him apart, and I think TJ Dillashaw would do the same thing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen, maybe even disbanding the, the flyweight for men's. I, do, I don't see it, but – there was another fight on that card that was flyweight that was phenomenal. I can't remember who the fighters were. The Joey B. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you should. I don't think you should disband the flyweight division, man. Because we'll see if if Cejudo has it for another year. I think it's like okay. 
Yeah, because then because it was Mighty Mouse Johnson for Mighty Mouse Johnson won the belt in 2012 and had it up up through 2018. So he had it for six years, defended his belt 12 times, whatever it was. Now Sohudo's has won it from him, has defended it once. Like you said, if he still has it at the end of this year and has defended it, you know, three to four times, and there's not that's a right. lot of parity in the division, I feel like that's what UFC thrives off parity in divisions. Um, but we'll see. There's a lot of big UFC fights coming up that we'll be talking a lot more about. Specifically, we think probably one of the best cards we've seen ever on March 2nd at UFC 235. Especially to us, the best card. I, I just think all around. All around. It's a very good card. Some people may overlook some of the people in it, but you have two Mizzou alums fighting in it. Yep, Ben Askren and, and Woodley. You have John Jones. Two of our other favorite. You got John Jones, Cody Garbrandt fighting, which may be the undercard. We're not even yeah, sure. Yeah, no, he is. He's going to be on the undercard. Which is crazy. So a former Bantamweight title holder. Yeah. Um, Who beat TJ. No, no, he didn't beat TJ. TJ Dillashaw beat him twice. But he beat Dominic Cruz, who beat TJ Dillashaw. I think he just got in his head too much about that. But we'll be talking about the UFC a lot more. And we hope you guys tune in. Maybe, who knows, maybe we'll start having some watch parties somewhere and, you know, we'll have, we have people over and watch them together because we love you guys. They're very, very fun to bet on, too. Very fun. This to is very on. fun. Yeah, when you bet on them, it's like you're wrestling yourself. So it's fun time. Um, it is. So we're going to round out the trending topic segment with a little pop culture. You know, we've been strictly a sports podcast, but, you know, Borisol does it pretty much every other fucking podcast out there that talks about sports. Also sprinkles in a little pop culture from now and then. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but there are two documentaries out right now about the Fire Festival. And for those of you who don't know what the Fire Festival was, it was this grand like music festival that was supposed to be held in the Bahamas. Super exclusive, super like high class. It was gonna be like the next wave of like festivals. Um, they're gonna hold it in, like a this private island in the Exumas, which is a you know a uh, uh, group of islands. South of like yeah, the, south of the Bahamas, the Bahamas main islands. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was actually previously owned by Pablo Escobar. Yeah. So I went down to the Bahamas this past summer and like went through a tour tour of the Exumas. They call them Keys. They're a bunch of like tiny islands. There's like they said over like the, our tour guide told us like over like seven thousand of them. So there's a shitload of them down there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the Fire Festival documentary. Um, it's about this guy named Billy McFarland, who was an entrepreneur who decided to throw on this 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 festival with Ja Rule. There's one on Hulu and one on Netflix. Now, what's going to make this interesting about this topic we're going to talk about is Travis watched the one on Hulu. I watched the one on Netflix, actually. I oh, watched it. Did. I was hoping you did. I watched it on um, Sunday night, dude. I watched, I didn't go to bed until almost 1 o'clock in the morning on Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, either way, I, I really do want to watch the one on Netflix, too. But the one on Hulu is really good. I enjoyed it. I would like to see the one on Netflix just because this topic fascinates me. I love yeah. seeing it all. Um, so, so from what I heard is that the one on Hulu, the guy's actually making money off it because they do like more interview style with him. Mm-hmm. The one on Netflix, they don't interview him at all. They use, okay, all, yeah. they use all the promo footage that, that they hired, which is funny. They hired fuck Jerry. Uh, yeah, media. Jerry media. Yeah. to like do all of his like social media stuff. So they use all of the organic footage they got from him. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready in the Netflix documentary, but had interviews with all, with all the other guys, like all those right-hand men, the Bahamian people that they used. Yeah. So they did that too in the Hulu one. They had the like content producer of Jerry Media on interviewing on this one too, as long as well as Billy McFarland. And it's just great to see him sitting there. You know, you know, it's so uncomfortable for him when they're asking him these questions. Can you, him, he's like, I can't comment on that. Yeah. Can you like, honestly though, can you think of a like, He's got to be one of the biggest pieces of shit ever. Dude, such a scam artist. It is unreal. So he's selling these tickets for, I think, at a minimum of like close to five grand. So let's, 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 let's talk about how we got to fire, like how we got to fire festival. For those of you who didn't want, we're going to give you like a quick synopsis. So he created this credit card for millennials known as the black card for millennials. Did they talk about like this? Magnesis, yeah. Magnesis, yeah. And it was a big scam. Like people like fucking talk shit on it. Just have this exclusive club. It never really happened. Um, they had like a shitty, like bit better business bureau rating. And he claimed he made like $60 million off this when he really made $60,000. So he basically frauded his, his, his income to investors. But the, how the fire festival came about was cause he was, he was going to create the fire app, which I think was a fantastic idea. It's a good idea if you can afford it. It's essentially booking like celebrities and artists to come play at private events and you like bid on it and they can review it and accept it. Cool idea. Yeah. It was like, essentially it was like Airbnb for like celebrity talent to come to your private events. Yeah, pretty much. So it was a good idea. And then he's like, okay, well I'm gonna make this fire festival to go along with it and like supplement it. And that just went to nowhere. Yeah, him and Ja Rule from the beginning, like, had no, uh, Ja Rule, what the fuck was he, what a moron. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was bad all around. I feel like he should almost be in just as much trouble. Um, We don't want to spoil too much of it for you guys, but essentially it was, they were selling these high-end tickets, supposed to be luxury. They were supposed to build $2 million in villas that cost up to a hundred thousand dollars on a, on a bohemian Island that had no infrastructure to hold that stuff. Yeah. It was very small Island. The airport was tiny. It was like 25 minutes away from the venue. They're supposed to be having it. When everyone showed up, nothing was put together, which just blows my mind as an event planner. (laughs) Crawl out of my skin to think about like, what was his thought process of, okay, today's the day. Everyone's coming in. I don't even know if the artists are going to be here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't. Half the tents aren't put together. Uh, the stages are still getting put together, and 
Blink One Eighty Two canceled an hour and a half ago. <laughs> like, like I love how in the Netflix in the Netflix documentary they interview the guy, and it was a, it was his, it was that uh, they interview like an older gay man in the Hulu one. Uh, I don't think so, dude. You need to watch the net. I'll probably I'll I'll watch Hulu one. You need to watch the Netflix one because they interview this older gay man who had been working with Billy McFarlane for like five years. He was like he was like his main event planner guy. And once I found out like shit was shit wasn't gonna go right, like this guy was like Billy, we need to put out something to let them know like when you get here, you're not gonna be staying in like nice ass villas, you're not gonna be staying in like nice ass places, you're gonna be staying in FEMA tents because they were leftover fucking tents from Hurricane Michael's. What they were, they were they looked cool and like if everything would have been set up, I feel like it would have been fine. Yeah, but he goes, we need to put something out to temper expectations so when people see it, like oh like they get it. They'll be, they, he goes, they'll be pissed off for a little bit, but then they'll be like, you know what? I'm over it. I already paid the money. I'm going. So they know what to expect when they get here and not like fucking freak out. But then like leading up, everyone's like, Billy, we need to pull this off. And he was like, no, we're only here to think positive thoughts. If you're, if you're here to be negative about it, you can go back to the States and you know, you don't belong to work on this team. He was fucking delusional, man. He was insane. Yeah. He's literally crazy. He's a con artist. It's insane. Cause even after all this, when the <laughs> trouble with the feds, he was like literally on the brink of going to prison already. He created this like alias through email. that was like NYC VIP or New York VIP or something where he was offering tickets to the Victoria's secret fashion show, to the, the Met Gala. Gala, things like this that don't even sell tickets for hundreds of thousands of dollars to cover his ass and the debt that he was already in. And it just blows my mind how someone thinks that this is a good idea. Yeah. And then, you're ever going to get away with it. Another con artist thing he did, I don't, know if, I don't know if to talk about this in the Hulu documentary, is when he realized he started running out of, running out of investor money for the fire Festival, he like sent out an email to everyone that was going there like, hey, we're going to make this a totally cashless experience. Yeah, the wristbands. You're going to upload money on your, on your RFID wristbands to spend down here. And he was taking the money that people were uploading to the wristbands and spending them on places that weren't for the vendors. And that fucking, I think he's the biggest piece of shit because of how he skimmed over that fucking poor restaurant owner who had to like, did they interview her at all in the Hulu one? No, they interviewed so, the, the bartender. So the owner, they interview her in the Netflix documentary. And she basically said she had to take $50,000 out of her own savings to cover all their, all her staff. Cause Billy just like up and left the day when shit started going bad. The guy who was like helping like paying, like hiring all the workers, like build all these tents and stuff like Billy up and left. The workers never got paid. So they went to this guy who hired him all this local bohemian and they were like threatening to kill him. He had to pack up all the shit and move to a fucking different Island. Yeah. It's Jesus, man. Like it's crazy. And then the guy is like a, a legit psychopath. Like even <laughs> listening, like, they interviewed one of the uh, event guys that was helping on his team. When everyone arrived that day and all the tents weren't ready, they were assigning tents, assigning tents. They'd gotten halfway through the line. He said they'd been doing it for like three hours. Billy stands up on the table and he's like, all right, everyone, free for all for the tents. Just find one and go. <laughs> and the guy's like, you're kidding me. So now everyone just like fucking punching each other, running over each other, trying to find these tents because they don't know where they're going to sleep. I heard people were pissed off, so they were just like, ripping the tents open and pissing on the mattresses and stuff. Like, because like yeah. in the Netflix one, they interview people who actually went, and like, oh man, it just blows my mind. And you yeah, know, like when he created the NYC VIP thing after he'd already been arraigned for the fire festival shit, 
he was blowing up the email list of the fire festival attendees. Yeah. So he was also doing this thing where it was like, okay, um, you're obviously you bought tickets to the fire festival and didn't happen. Would you either a like a refund or b like double the tickets for next year's fire festival is what he was offering people. It was like, you can get a refund or if you purchase three tickets, you can get three tickets to the 2018 fire festival. Who in their fucking right mind would ever do that? Dude, the guys, like you said, certified insane. If you guys haven't watched any, whether it's Hulu or Netflix, check it out. Cause like Travis said, like I, I started watching it cause my fiance fell asleep and it was like 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. I was tired. I was like, man, I, I'll, I'll start this documentary, probably get like halfway through it and fall asleep. I was fucking hooked immediately. I yeah, watched a whole hour and 40 minute thing. Then go to bed till almost one o'clock in the morning on, on Sunday night. We talked about it a lot just now, but watching it is a whole different thing. It's awesome to watch. The idea is genius. It would have been awesome if it worked out, but it's even funnier that it didn't. Their, their, his biggest problem was they didn't pick the correct island. I, I mean, the island's the, just tiny. So, like, they had his event planner, and he told him, like, listen, you cannot hold this many people on this island. It's, it, it, there's no infrastructure in here. You don't have any plumbing. You're not going to bring in enough fucking porta potties. It's not possible. It's not possible. Yeah, and the planes that came in were small. Go watch the Netflix one because there's a story about this old, this older gay guy who, who's this event planner almost having to suck dick to get water from because the Bohemian Customs was holding in these trucks of water they had chipped in. He almost had to suck someone's dude's dick to get the water to come to the festival. Jesus, man. And Billy I mean, told him to do it. Billy McFarlane told him to do it. Yeah, it's he, the dude's crazy. I mean, even picking it, you have – I don't know if you've seen – I know you probably have, but a lot of people haven't seen, like, the actual trailer for the festival. It looks awesome. You're thinking, oh, cool, we get this, you know, festival on the beach. I mean, it was on the water – front but it wasn't even a beach no there was no beach even there the beach apparently was five miles away yeah. if you wanted to go swim in the in the hulu Terrible one idea. in the hulu one did they talk about like all the models they brought down to do the to, to do the promo shoot yeah it was emily, emily Radikowski, bella Gigi hadid or bella hadid one of, the, one of the hadid sisters and then fucking justin bieber's wife yeah Haley bieber and then i want to say there was someone else but so all these models and like the trailer looks ridiculous. It was, oh. uh, it's definitely something you guys should watch. If not, it's about the typical length of a movie. I mean, if you're not into documentaries, whatever, this is pretty cool. We want to do start implementing more pop culture things. This is something, you know, big going on right now. So we thought we would, uh, share our thoughts with y'all for sure. So, yeah. So, uh, Kind of like Travis alluded to earlier in the podcast, we do have an Instagram now. It's is the at the same thing as our Twitter at the number two drunk brothers. Yeah, I was asking you a question. <laughs> I thought you froze. <laughs> you weren't moving. I was like, uh. <laughs> go ahead and redo that. <laughs> no, I might leave that in there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it is at Two Drunk Brothers. Um, you know, it's our our new logo. You can't miss it. We only have one post, so yeah. Uh, so we plan on doing a lot of a lot of shit with this. Travis will post out the graphics um, every time. You know, something cool when we drop an episode. You know, our gambling graphics, something like that. If there's a funny clip from the show that you know we want to include on there, like 
of our recordings, we can do that. We also plan on doing going forward. We're going to be doing a lot more like IG live events. Like, you know, if there's a big sporting event going on or if there's like for the NFL draft, like just setting it up and like have me and Travis drinking and like giving our commentary throughout. If you want to listen to whatever fucking dumbasses on TV, we'd rather listen to these two dumbasses that you guys know. Um, we also plan on doing like, um, you know, just more video content, maybe like even launching a YouTube channel with, along with it. So we just, we wanted to kind of up the content game a little bit more because we know content is king and Instagram is a way to do that. So for sure. Yeah. So go ahead and follow us on that. That'll be great. Um, you can get more updates from that. For some reason, I've, I even find myself checking in Instagram more than I check Twitter nowadays. So mine um, goes Instagram and Twitter for sure is my one. It used to be, it used to be Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook was probably above Instagram for a little bit, but now the way Facebook's timelines laid out, I fucking hate it. Cause I always see the same, like 20 people's oh, posts. Yeah. I usually, I mean, Instagram is the way to go. Um, it's, it's hard to miss posts as much if you get on there multiple times a day. So we will definitely be hitting that up. We will be a lot more active. We'll be active on both, but a lot more active on Instagram for you guys, like interactive for you. Um, kind of like, I would say, I would say probably just probably the King's going to be Twitter. Cause that's instantaneous, but you know, Instagram. More interactive stuff on, on Instagram. That's yeah, for sure. Also, Travis ordered us, me and for me and him, ordered us two Drunk Brothers shirts. So we're getting two of those. We're going to test them out, see if we like them. And if we do, we're going to go ahead and order a batch and, you know, start, you know, setting up a Google order form so you guys can order those. Um, for those of you that, you know, bought the stickers or, get, or have gotten a sticker, we appreciate the, the support. What we love from you guys is if you guys were to – Tweet out a picture, tag us in it, put a picture on Facebook, tag us in it, put a picture on Instagram and tag us in it. And so we can retweet it and get the word out there. You know, if you put it on something or a cool picture, just show us what you have your two drunk brothers in the podcast sticker on and show us what you're doing with it. And cause we appreciate the love and we appreciate the support and hope you guys like those and hope you guys like the t-shirts we're coming out with, but big things for 2019 full Super Bowl breakdown episode coming next week. That's it for me. Peace out. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, hit us up on the socials. We have a few stickers left and we will see you guys next week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.